Ninja. Hi everyone and welcome to Geography Ninja. So this time we're going to be looking at water and the question is could England uh, run short of water uh, within the next 25 years? So this story dates from March of 2019 and it's related to comments made by Sir James Bevan who is the chief executive of the UK Environment Agency. Now, you might be sitting there thinking, well, hang on, what's what's this about? Because uh, recently, all of the news in England particularly uh, has been about flooding. So in October of 2019, the floods that have affected places in the north of England, such as Sheffield. So often we're told that flooding is a big issue. Uh, so what's going on here? Why Why might England run short of water? We're talking about potential drought situations occurring. Well, the reason given by Sir James is that uh, climate change is really to blame here. Uh, climate change leading to a falling supply of water at the same time that water demand is increasing because England's population is getting larger. So uh, with this, if we have a look at what actually Sir James Bevan has said, he said that climate change is what's happening. It means that in the UK, we'll have hotter and drier summers. By 2040, we will expect more than half of our summers to exceed 2003 temperatures. Now, why this is relevant, back in 2003, there was a European heat wave that affected um, large areas, putting many people at risk, particularly vulnerable um, elderly people. Uh, so, so James goes on to say, that will mean more water shortages. By 2050, the amount of water available could be reduced by 10 to 15%, with some rivers seeing 50 to 80% less water during the summer months. It will mean higher drought risk caused by hotter, drier summers and less predictable rainfall. The result of which is this. On the present predict, uh, projections, many parts of England will face significant water deficits by 2050, particularly in the southeast, where much of the UK population lives. Now, drought is not really something we often associate with, with the UK or England. Um, <clears throat> the National Drought Mitigation Centre in the USA describes drought as an insidious hazard of nature. Um, and that it develops gradually, it has a slow uh, onset, it takes a long time to um, to get started, and its impacts can be harmful, but they can vary quite widely geographically. Um, looking at a world map showing drought, uh, a large percentage of the, uh, the world's land area has some degree of exposure to to drought and um, the the southeastern corner of England is one of those those areas clearly not not to the same degree that we might expect in other parts of the world so geographers when we think about drought we often uh, consider places such as the Sahel uh, south of the Sahara Desert in in Africa maybe um, southern Spain or um, south. Australia, uh, locations like that. But um, 
looking at um, England particularly, sev several areas, several maps have been being produced actually showing um, the worst hit drought prone areas. Um, many, many parts of uh, southeast England, such, such as Sussex and Kent and so on, um, have very, very low rainfall. That's quite interesting. So just to put that in a little bit of context, uh, the population of southeast England is the, the highest, uh, most highly populated region of England. Just over nine million people live in um, southeast England and there's something like about another nine million people living in London. So it's by far the, the most uh, densely populated part of the United Kingdom. Now the UN give another definition of drought and again I say this is not really a term that we often associate with England and what the UN say is uh, drought is defined as an extended period or season of a year or several years of deficient rainfall relative to the statistical multi-year average for a reason. Um, so drought is based on a longer extended period and it's also where there is significantly lower rainfall than normal. Now we can also identify drought, uh, different types of drought. So these range from things like meteorological drought, which just means that the long-term precipitation, largely rainfall, is much lower than the normal. We've also got hydrological drought, which means there are there are deficiencies in water as as measured in lakes and rivers and groundwater and, and reservoirs. We've also got agricultural drought, which means there's not enough moisture in the soil to meet the needs of crop growth. And finally, we've got socio-economic drought, which is where the demand for water exceeds the supply, particularly for social and economic purposes, such as uh, hydroelectric power generation. So potentially all of those things may relate to certain uh, the the drier parts of United Kingdom. So as I said before, you know it's it's largely the east and the southeast of England that are most um, prone for drought. Now if you compare that to other parts of the country such as southwest England, Wales, parts of northwest England including the Lake District plus much of Scotland and the Highlands, um, they often have much higher levels of rainfall. So we, Eastern England, we might be talking of sort of seven, six to seven hundred, or you know, six to seven hundred millimetres of water um, per year, uh, rainfall rather, per year. Thinking about those parts of Western and Northern England, uh, in excess of 1,500 millimetres per year, in some cases, two to three thousand uh, millimetres. This then was the background for Sir James Bevan's speech at the Waterwise conference on the 19th of March 2019. Um, in fact, the speech was titled Escaping the Jaws of Death, Ensuring Enough Water in 2050. So pretty dramatic stuff, really. Um, you might be asking them why it was called the Jaws of Death speech. Well, the reason is it relates to a graph with two lines across the XY axis. Uh, one line shows the predicted water demand over the next few decades. And in all regions of England, this line is going up. Um, 
the second line shows the uh, water available to supply those needs uh, will go down and it's uh, due to the effect of climate change. So the main point of concern is shown around 20 to 25 years from now where those two lines cross. So this is where Sir James suggests that we will not have enough water to supply our needs unless we have uh, you know, immediate action and things are going to tra- change very dramatically. So the other thing you might be wondering is, well, why is water demand set to increase so much in the next 20 to 25 years? And the key reason for this is due to the projected growth in UK population, which is largely in England, um, from around 67 million or thereabouts now to about 75 million by 2050. So increased demand for water comes from the estimated consumption demands of this extra population. And in addition to all of this, Sir James also raises the issue of the environment requiring sufficient water as well. So an example of this uh, would be chalk streams, which exist largely in England um, compared to other, other parts of the world. So they're both very rare and support very wide biodiversity, including some very uh, iconic species such as kingfishers, otters and and trout. So you're currently under threat due to the demands of uh, drinking water um, in South East England, most of which has been drawn uh, from aquifers uh, within those chalk landscapes. So ultimately in the speech, uh, Sir James called the, the challenge an existential threat, and the threat is based on climate change plus uh, growth. So in other words, it's seen as a perfect storm waiting to happen. What are we going to do now? All right, well, what can be done then? Um, Well, several key actions have been suggested which aim to reduce demand and increase supply. So reducing demand could be addressed by making sure that we've got greater water efficiency. So through more things like water metering, reducing leaks in existing infrastructure and so on. Water uh, conservation on a household level is also recommended. Um, And as far as increasing supply is concerned, well, water transfers between areas of water surplus, such as in the north and the west of the UK, to areas of water deficit, uh, such as the south and the southeast, would be one way. Now, uh, creating a grid, uh, a national grid for water in the UK is something that has been discussed previously, but uh, never done on a large scale in the UK. So there's a massive cost implication for this, huge infrastructure uh, building and so on. Um, the the current south-north water transfer project taking place in China, which uh, seeks to redirect water from the Yangtze and the Yellow Rivers to the 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 more arid northeast of the country surrounding Beijing. That's that's going ahead. That's happening, um, but that's China. It's very 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 different. The UK is much smaller, um, and planning goes through a whole process people disagree with it things don't don't always happen but as far as 
um, this concern over water resources concern this is this is a a major thing that you know maybe we do need to take immediate action to 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 counter the 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 impacts of this so currently we've only got about four percent of water supplies in the uk being transferred between individual water companies so it's not very much of that going on now one of the other options is is desalination and this is where salt water can be converted to fresh water. So that, that sounds good. Uh, often done using a process called reverse osmosis, which, which removes the salt from the water. Um, now, desalination is, is more commonly found in uh, different parts of the world, such as the Persian Gulf and Israel. Uh, but it is now a serious option for England in the 21st century and currently Thames Water have built a desalination plant at Beckton which is just east of London Docklands or to the east of London Docklands uh, in the Thames estuary and every day that Beckton desalination plant provides up to um, 150 million litres of drinking water which is enough for, for around a million people. Um, and Sir James also recommends that new reservoirs are built in England and other parts of the UK, um, which he accepts will be controversial but necessary to ensure water security. Uh, one potential reservoir being proposed is at Abingdon in Oxfordshire, which plans to cover more than um, four square miles of land for this purpose. Um, however, local pressure groups, such as the group um, against reservoir development or guard have set up in opposition to to this proposal all right so well we that's that's really the situation i think this could be quite a um a, a tough one for uh for the uk to deal with and i say the uk we're talking predominantly about england england's got the biggest uh the highest density population and it's really in england that the the problem lies um, other parts of the UK don't have the same issue. So Scotland and Wales and Northern Ireland, for example, don't have the this, this same uh, potential for uh, a rainfall deficit or this, this uh, mismatch between supply and demand. Added to that, we've got all the uncertainties over climate change and how that will alter things and demand us to, to adapt to them. But, um, you know, one of the issues, I'm talking to you in November 2019, and at the time of recording, um, flooding is a major issue across many parts of the UK, south of England, north of England, and so on. So um, it's it's going to be a difficult one, particularly when you consider how expensive some of these um, changes are. Desalination doesn't come with, with no... Uh, environmental costs as well there's an energy uh, input to it but the financial cost of setting this up is very big so where where we go with this in the future is um, is unknown and one other unknown really is is what happens with with Brexit in the UK because actually if we're saying that our water surplus areas are places like Scotland and Wales well what happens if if the United Kingdom actually breaks up and England is a, is a, a separate sovereign country where is the water going, going to come from? We don't have a lot of capacity to shift um, within England. Uh, it, would, um, it would be an, an extra complication to, to bring water in from, 
across an international border. But anyway, you know, countries do 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 that. But um, well, let's finish off there. I'm just going to give you a, a final statistic to to bear in mind. And that comes from the um, the United Nations, the, the World Water Development Report from 2015. And that was actually projecting that uh, on a global basis, there will be a 40% water deficit um, by 2030 under the business as usual scenario. Now, this is, is uh, mainly for uh, lower income countries, countries at a different level of economic development. But clearly, a country like uh, the UK, it's also going to have an impact. So anyway, there we go. Geography Ninja signing out. I hope you've enjoyed this one and speak to you again very soon. Bye bye. Thank you.